Hey everyone, this is To The Well. On today's podcast, I am finally publishing some material that we recorded a long time ago, back around Halloween. Final season is wrapping up at UNC, and I was finally able to get around to publishing this interview with Matt Williams. He's an English major here at UNC, and I really hope that you enjoy all that he has to say, and I'll just let him do the introductions. Thanks. So Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and Mm -hmm. your studies at UNC? Yeah, so I am uh, a senior. I'm a communication and English major. Uh, So a shorter way to say that is I do a whole lot of reading and writing. (laughs) Um, And yeah, my interests, let's see, I'm thinking about after college, uh, going to seminary uh, and eventually becoming a pastor. And so I've always like been interested like in the intersection of like theology and especially since coming to UNC. Like, I've been interested in trying to figure out how to make theology, like, something that's actually, like, good and practical. So I w- was going to kind of introduce the topic of your article so yeah. that the listeners can know what's going on. But um, it's a unique article, and I, I feel like I wouldn't quite do it justice mm-hmm. with a summary. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're writing for this semester? Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, the article um, is just a translation of all of my senior angst into about 1,200 words. Very nice. <laughs> Um, it's, it's about not knowing. Um, and I think most of us would say that like, there are a lot of things that like we do know and that there are a lot of things that like we are good at. Like the traditional idea is that all of us were, if not top of our class, at least close to the top of our class. And we've all had people pat us on the back, um, like through our whole lives saying, you're great at this. And we found in some sense, like a sense of security and like, this is my thing. And I'm really good at this one thing. Yeah. Um, But what I tried to treat in my article is one of the things that UNC does is it kind of smacks us in the face with what we don't know. Mm. Um, And I know in my own life, just looking at my last three years at UNC and then looking at how my senior year has gone as I've tried to plan my next step, there's, I've realized that there's a lot more that I don't know than like I thought, Mm. like I always knew that I, of course Mm. I didn't know everything. And like, I I always had that, like, I guess humble streak, but I think senior year has exposed a whole lot of like how shallow like that humble streak is. Mm. Uh, And so this is an article about what do you do when you're confronted with the fact that like you really don't know. Um, And I try to use like a couple different things um, to treat that. Yeah. And is the not knowing that you're referring to, is this intellectual not knowing answers or is it um, is it also a, a broader scale of life, not knowing where you're supposed to go and not knowing what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, either, because the not knowing is a very similar feeling. Like I'm thinking, um, I wrote in the article about an exam that I took um, where I really did not know and it was a final exam that I really needed to do well in. And that feeling, even though that's like an intellectual pursuit, is a really similar feeling to the feeling of being a senior and like not knowing like where I'm going next year. Yeah. And so it's the not knowing is more of like the f- stress and anxiety and like the, I guess the grinding against our identity that like comes mm. up when like we're confronted with the fact that like, oh shoot, I really don't know this and I wish that I did. Wow. Yeah. I love that idea of, of grinding against your own identity mm-hmm. because I know that um, that first semester in Carolina, they tell you like you're mm-hmm. used to being in high school right. where you were top 10% of your class and um, you knew all the answers. You never really had to study. Mm-hmm. And that first semester at Carolina is supposed to kind of break you. 
Right. Um, but I think for most people, and myself included, it really just taught me how to fake it. You know, how <laughs> yeah. to pretend like I know. But, and then, um, I mean, still, when I'm in exams that I just don't know the answers to, it's not just hard and it's not just mm-hmm. a rough exam, but sometimes it's even like makes me wonder why I'm in this major, makes me mm-hmm. wonder, um, you know, what, what, what I even think I'm cut out for. Right. Um, and it really does make me grind up against my identity. And, you know, then I go and I face post senior mm-hmm. year kind of stress and yeah. <laughs> anxiety and questions. And it feels exactly the same. So what, how did you kind of begin to get interested in this? Um, it was, oh, that's a good question. I think the first part of it was, um, as I was trying to think about what I wanted to write for to the well, mm-hmm. um, like Parker asked me if I would write an article and I said, yes. Uh, I realized that like, I was trying to think through like, all right, what, what do I kind of know that I can write about that would be helpful? That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and I really wasn't coming up with anything. Yeah. And so the, I, the part of the, I don't know is a genuine, like, not knowing of what I wanted to write for the article itself. Yeah. Um, and because I was feeling like that same stress, I was like, oh, shoot, I told Parker I'd write something for this. And then it just wasn't coming. Hmm. And so I was feeling that I was I was feeling that You're same anxiety. Moments, you know? Yeah. And I was yeah. like, OK, what if I just write about this? Yeah. And yeah, I just kind of went for it. That's interesting. So like, you're, this kind of came out of the same problem you're hoping to address. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you, you said you want to do ministry mm-hmm. and um, preaching and teaching and, and is a big part of that. And so you're going to need to know stuff. <laughs> you know, you're going to need to have answers to, to yeah. some of people's questions um, and, and questions concerning huge aspects of life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think I'm hoping to go down a similar path. And so I, sometimes I get really anxious and stressed mm-hmm. about like when people come and just ask me about their divorce and about mm-hmm. their financial struggles and about a family member's cancer. Like I don't have answers for yeah. that. You know, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to mm-hmm. answer those questions. And so it's, it's interesting that the, the topic of just saying, I don't know and making mm-hmm. that a practice in your life um, came for you from a moment where you had to right. do that. It's something that I'm just so uncomfortable with, mm-hmm. like saying, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that when, when we get good at that, it kind of makes life a little bit less stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that that's been your experience? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and w- one of the things I write about in the article is that like the idea that like we don't know, but then the feeling that we should know, like is mm. the big thing that like, in a sense, like tyrannizes us. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Because it's one thing to like feel the stress of like not knowing and then just have to like suffer the consequences of that. But it's another thing I've noticed that a whole lot of my own life to then feel the guilt of like, Oh, I should know this thing. Wow. I must've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like a both and in that situation because yeah. on one, on, on one hand, like the not knowing grinds and gets your identity. But on the other hand, like thinking that you should have known is not just, it's not just that you failed. It's that like, you failed and you could have avoided this. Yeah. And so in that sense, like I thought about like for ministry, it's like there are a lot of questions that like I do want to know. And like, I guess part of the reason people go to seminary is so they can like. Can learn. Yeah. Yeah. And so they can practice. And like, obviously a pastor at 40 is a lot wiser than a pastor at 25. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I don't want to use like not knowing as an excuse to like, you know, just like slack off. But yeah, there are just certain I think especially this year, there have just been certain times where 
I genuinely have not known what I'm supposed to do. And like, there's not, there's not really been a whole lot that I could have done about that one. Yeah, that's interesting. And if I'm remembering correctly, one of the solutions or remedies for that anxiety that you talked about in your article was um, kind of just trusting God and, mm-hmm. and not needing to know, um, but trusting that, that he knows. And I think especially, you know, you and I both come from a reformed mm-hmm. theological tradition. And there's kind of this irony that I've started to notice in reformed theological circles which is that um, we believe that humans, not, like not of their own effort, are reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. And it's not about them striving and being who they need to be and, and working really hard, but it's about the regeneration of the Holy Spirit within us and the grace of God shown to us. Um, but then it's also really common in Reformed theological circles to need an answer to mm-hmm. everything. Um, and I think that the, the more that I've seen kind of other traditions of the Christian faith just throw up their hands, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I've been influenced recently by um, a couple of Mennonite pastors who have podcasts and stuff, and they're just really good at saying, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to better practice more of what I feel like Reformed theology teaches, mm-hmm. which is that it's not our own striving to become exactly who we need to be that right. that relieves our anxiety and and resolves our identity, Mm -hmm. but it's trusting the identity that God has given to us. Um, And so if we were really to carry that theology through our lives, um, then in moments of anxiety and and stress and um, Mm -hmm. insecurity, we would say, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of grinding against my identity, I'm going to trust the identity God gave me. Right. Yeah. Which is so hard to do. Yeah. And like, I think most of us, like if we grew up in Christian circles, like would like be able to articulate yeah my identity is not my own but it's the one that like jesus mm. has given me yeah um but I, yeah i'm forgetting the passage right off the top of my head but the passage on how in romans how suffering produces i think it's suffering produces endurance and endurance produces hope mm. like when if like if we're assuming that suffering and not knowing are two very similar things which yeah. i think yeah. They often are. It takes a lot of not knowing to like actually trust that mm-hmm. like our identity is not our own. Yeah. And it takes a lot of like just I've, I've felt it this year. Like it takes a lot of like over time just slowly like grinding our identity down, grinding it down, grinding it down, grinding it down until we actually believe that like Jesus is all that we need. And he like, yeah, because he's all that we have like at that point. Um, yeah. And that's like a frustrating process. Like I'll give you an example. Right now, um, it's like in the smack dab in the middle of like paper writing season, like yeah. for my classes. And so, like it feels like I'm doing nothing but like writing for the next probably two or three weeks. Um, and I was just working on a paper yesterday, and like I found myself like getting really frustrated at it hmm. because. I was trying to find like the thread of my argument. Like, Mm. so, and I had been going to my professor's office hours and I thought I had like had something good. And then she just kept like needling me and like like, pushing back. And I was like, this is good. And she was like, (laughs) no, it's not. (laughs) Look, I I found a smart thing. So no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not nearly as cool as you think it is. Um, And I mean, that's just like one small example of like, I thought I knew and yeah. I found pride in the fact that I thought I knew, and then I was going to be able to carry it out into the paper. Yeah, wow. But then that 
it, it just hurt in some ways to hear like that's not as good as you think it is wow yeah um and yeah i mean i think like you can apply that to a hundred different things mm. like like my roommate right now is um i left i left the house at 7 a.m and he was up studying for an exam wow. that like he had been studying all day yesterday for and the wow. exam's not until five o'clock today gosh um and it's kind of that similar thing where like you don't have to be an english major to like feel this mm-hmm. that like we all know what it's like to get slapped in the face by the yeah. fact that like we're not as smart as we were yeah um but i mean i think that's a good thing yeah and i think it's you touched on this a little bit but it's a form of god showing you the ends of yourself mm-hmm. and it, you know i think i had a habit of whenever i was shown my own insufficiencies mm-hmm. um, and incapacity to to be enough i would kind of fake it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and just convince myself that that i was fine and that i knew what i needed to know and that I had certainty, but I think that while we can do that, the goal that God has in mind is to constantly bring us to the ends of ourselves so that we can Mm -hmm. know we're not enough and put ourselves in his hands. Like if, if I could take like a slightly different twist on it, I've thought about even like applying this to like to the well and like other to the well authors. Yeah. Because I mean, there's some sense in which like, I think we all have like the self-awareness to be able to see that like 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 we're christian thought journal at unc but we're also like a bunch of like 21 22 yeah. year olds <laughs> we like, don't know anything <laughs> yeah 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 and i don't know part of part of the reason i wanted to write like this article was because like i realized that if i had tried to write something that was just like sounded smart or like if i just tried to write something that i thought was like a really like profound and like nuanced contribution to mm. like christian thought then like it wouldn't really have been like genuine yeah. for me and it would have been more like just me trying to like prove myself wow yeah. more than anything else and yeah. so i think i forget exactly but i think in the article i even deal with that irony like a little bit like yeah. i'm saying okay fair in this article i'm saying i don't know but then i'm also trying to write an article that's like interesting to read yeah so like it's kind of like a both and there yeah but yeah it's just it's just an interesting tension to me that like even like even in something like to the well like mm-hmm. it's like we all can still just like take a step back and be like ah, okay yeah I, I don't have to know yeah or, like wow. i um when i was in high school i used to really stress out about if god exists mm-hmm. and why is there suffering in the world and like these questions that would keep me up at night and so i would watch these like youtube video debates mm-hmm. that atheists have with apologists and mm-hmm. you know christian speakers um and i remember one in particular was um i forget who the christian speaker was but he was debating christopher hitchens okay um do you know who christopher hitchens mm-hmm. is yeah he's this brilliant british guy who is really just not a good idea to debate with because even if he <laughs> says something dumb it sounds really smart um but he someone the the person he was arguing with started bringing up the complexity of DNA and how mm-hmm. that shows kind of God's hand at work. Um, and then Christopher Hitchens just said, if that's why you believe in God, would you have believed in God before we discovered DNA? Hmm. And I think he, he put his finger on something that to me was everyone knew, but wasn't being talked about, which was that this person, this Christian speaker doesn't believe in God because of all the rational mm-hmm. things he knows 
he believes in God because it's who he is. Being able to say, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know why mm-hmm. hope is the right answer in my life. You know, like we're both seniors. Right. And so, um, this is, this is the only time in my life where I've not known where I'll be, mm-hmm. what I'll be doing, um, who will be around me mm-hmm. this time in June. You know, right. I, I don't know. Um, and every other, every other year of my life, it's been, okay, sixth grade and then seventh grade and then eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And it's just been assumed where I'll be and where right. I'll go um, and what I'll do. And there was a little bit of uncertainty senior year of high school, but that was just which college am I going to go to? It wasn't, right. you know, for me, at least it wasn't, am I going to go to college? Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm having like real uncertainty. Um, and if I, if I try to pretend that my um, identity and assurance rests on my ability to know everything, mm-hmm. then I'll collapse, right. uh, you know. I think it's much more healthy to say, I think, mm-hmm. I think I know things. Um, I have some thoughtful things to say, but yeah. more than that, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and that's God's son or daughter. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, one thing I even noted, like when Parker wrote um, his like letter from the editor in the first edition, mm-hmm. I forget exactly what he said, but I think he even addressed that a little bit. Yeah. That uh, that like to the well is more of an invitation into like just Christian thought and Christian discussion. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, for me, that's helpful because like, I know that like, while yeah, I would love to say that like, there's some things I kind of know about or like have opinions on at this point in my life. I don't, I don't think I could say that like I'm authoritative on like really anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just helpful and like gives me peace just when I'm thinking about like writing an article or like who might read this, that, like this is more of an invitation into like, here's kind of what Christians were thinking about. Here's mm-hmm. what Christians are talking about. And like just giving that in a way that's like, that is assuming that like we could not know. And like, that's okay. Wow. Because I even, um, in one of my classes yesterday, we were reading, um, Plato's Gorgias. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Socrates kept saying over and over again was that he was trying to get at the truth and that like, he really thought that in some ways that like his argument was the best argument, but he was inviting himself to like being proven wrong. Hmm. And like he, he even says a couple of times that like he really wanted to be proven wrong because he's, he's not assuming that like what he's saying is absolutely hmm. true. Yeah. He's, he's saying that this is the best guess I have yeah. right now. Yeah. And, and like you could quibble with that because he also goes around like, trying to disprove everybody and is kind of annoying at some points yeah but i mean even socrates who like is probably one of the most influential people in how we think now like was willing to say that like this i think this is the best one i've got i think this is true yeah but i even he would say at some point i can't tell you authoritatively yeah this is the truth yeah that's a good example too because i think that in today's society in America, we're starting to see some of the same problems that Plato and Gorgias mm-hmm. were dealing with, um, or Socrates and Gorgias, because there were—I mean, there were these big two schools of thought. Um, there were the philosophers and mm-hmm. the sophists, and the sophists would come up with their best argument and then say it in a profound mm-hmm. and emotional way that would convince you. Yeah. Um, and the interest was not 
is this truth? Are we following truth? The interest mm-hmm. was winning the argument. Right. Um, but um, that Plato in the Academy mm-hmm. and um, his teacher Socrates, they had this method called the dialectic, mm-hmm. which was we are gonna we're gonna have our best ideas. We're gonna invite discussion, and then truth will emerge by this constant talking to each other and yeah. running into the areas where we don't know things. Um, and I think that a lot of the rhetoric we're seeing today comes more from the sophist angle, mm-hmm. you know, which is I'm going to, I'm going to think of what I think is true and then mm-hmm. convince you of it with right. emotional persuasions and, and these, you know, yeah. good speeches. Um, and it's so hard. Be- and now we don't even know where truth is because mm-hmm. we haven't been looking for it for a long time. Um, and especially it's midterm season now. And so, um, a lot of the political discussions are starting to emerge again. Not that they ever really went away, (laughs) Um, but, um, it's making me realize how beautiful it can be to not have an opinion when (laughs) you don't know something. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of taught the opposite of that when we're young, like in, um, elementary school and stuff, they'll show us something and then say, what do you think about this? Mm Um, and immediately have you form an opinion. Like the virtue comes from right. having a quickly formed opinion mm-hmm. that you can defend. Right. And like as like an English major, all my exams are blue book exams. Mm-hmm. And so all my exams are like, like... Here's a topic you've never heard of. Right. Here's a topic you've never heard of. Pull kind of from what you remember from class and write a well-constructed art. And yeah. like it's literally just topic argument, topic argument. Yeah. And like paper writing season is literally they give you a prompt... Ideally, you know, he'll prep for it for a while, but realistically, they'll give you a prompt and then you're supposed to like write a well-formed argument. Wow. And so it's more like in a, in a great world, it would be like that teaches us to like think on our feet and like mm-hmm. do really, and I think it does do some of that, but more realistically, like when we're, or at least I know when I'm up against it and like I have a bunch of papers due, that turns more into like figuring out how to BS really well. Yeah, yeah, you just fake it. (laughs) Yeah. We're coming at this from an angle of UNC students who are Mm -hmm. really concerned with intellectual things and academics and good thinking. Um, Yeah, because we're so smart, obviously. Oh, yeah, we're we're here in our ivory tower. Um, But I think that this this applies to anybody, no matter what their station is in life or what their pursuits are. Um, Yeah. Just having the humility to say... I don't know mm-hmm. about small things and big things can really change a person. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say are the biggest ways that that this transforms people? Yeah. Okay. So let me go back to yeah. the Gorgias for one quick. Yeah. So the, the distinction in the two different kinds. So you said dialectic mm-hmm. the and sophism. The, the distinction is dialectic wants to know what's true and right. Yeah. And sophism wants to win. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like taking that binary like and applying it to just normal people i think it's i think it's really helpful for us to try to figure out like what is actually right and like what's good and And be ready to lose right and like what is just me trying to win yeah and so like like one of the examples i use is like if i'm arguing with my roommate um like one of my housemates his name is jackie lynn uh and one of the things that jackie and i do a lot is like just argue mm-hmm. and like try to figure out like and it could be stupid things like should we turn off the lights or are group projects better than like working individually yeah and one thing that i've had to realize is that like while i like to argue and i like to think like i'm 
I don't know. I like to think I'm a good arguer. Jackie is a better is a good is as good if not better than I am. Yeah. And so, for like the sake of the friendship, sometimes I have to figure out like, is this me trying to win or is this me trying to actually like have a discussion and mm. like figure this out with him? Yeah. Um, and then that like I think could apply to the way that we interact with our professors. Like for example, I right before I came here, I sent my professor um, in one of my classes today an email saying that like. I'm not going to be in class today, and it's the day after Halloween, so she might be suspicious. Yeah. But I said, I'm not going to be in class today because I really just need extra time to, like, work on my papers. And for that, that's, like, in some way I'm risking, I guess I'm I'm risking my face a little bit, and, like, I might not be as good of a student in her eyes, mm-hmm. and in that way I'm not, yeah. like, winning. But in reality, I think I'm still doing what's right because, yeah. wow. like, if I... If I don't go to her class, then I'll have more time to work on my papers. I'll be less stressed. I'll be able to actually like breathe a little bit today. Healthier life. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just kind of it's trying to figure out like what is what is just winning and wanting to make myself like look good, and then what is like actually like good. And I think you could expand good from like just intellectually true to like what is like healthy and right, and like what is loving like like for the way that I think about my faith and like like what is actually something that is good to like help me strengthen my faith hmm. um, and then what is good to like help me love like the people around me. Yeah. Um, and sometimes those two things are very similar. Like I don't think any of us got into U, well some of us did, but I don't think any of us got into UNC for the most part by just like, like I don't know, being lazy and throwing our hands up and saying, yeah. I don't know, I don't really care. Yeah. So ideally like what is good and right will a lot of times look like doing well mm-hmm. but when those two things come to conflict like i think most of my stress comes when i'm just trying to like do well mm-hmm. and sacrificing like wow. what is actually good yeah wow that's powerful and it's so convicting from a christian perspective mm-hmm. you know because jesus his whole message is like to flip your idea of mm-hmm. of winning upside down you yeah. know the first will be last and the last will be first and those who are poor in this world will be rich in the kingdom of God. And, you know, um, we hate to not win. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to not win. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's really hard, mm-hmm. but I appreciate you sharing all this with us yeah. um, and being here today. So please keep an eye out for Matthew's article in this next uh, issue of to the well, um, that's going to come out in probably January. Also, be sure to stay tuned to future episodes of the podcast. We're going to have lots of interesting conversations, um, but ultimately remember what Matt has told us, which is that we don't really know anything. (laughs) Um, We hope that you will accept our invitation into this dialogue and and discussion. And if you have any thoughts to add or responses to today's or any other podcast, you can email them to unc2thewell at gmail.com. Thanks.